I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I'm going to play football. Coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Once again, to the one and only fan interactive show that talks about the hangover the Steelers are suffering, even in the offseason. It's Behind the Steel Curtain presents the Steelers Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis. That's me and my good friend, Anthony Defio, also from Behind the Steel Curtain. Tony, how are you this evening, my friend? Good evening, Brian. I am doing really well. Uh, happy Monday, as always, and I'm looking forward to another great show with you. You know what? I uh, We are about three hours apart, um, me being in the old line state of Maryland, you being in the uh, Keystone Strait state, the uh, great state of Pennsylvania. What's going on in Western PA weather-wise tonight as we record this on a Monday? It is about 40 degrees and, you know, a little bit of rain. Nothing uh, nothing too crazy. It was, it was a little worse this morning than it is now. Well, let's just put it this way. If there's not a two-hour delay tomorrow, um, there's just going to be a cancellation because in the great state of Maryland right now, uh, it is uh, what we call an old-fashioned crushing. Um, with sleet, rain, and snow, it is rough out there. I just came off the roads. Um, so I hope wherever you are and listening to this, that you are somewhere safe um, and warm and enjoying talking about football even in the off season. So the Pittsburgh Steelers are not playing. They uh, were not in the postseason whatsoever. Some Pittsburgh Steelers, former Pittsburgh Steelers, played over the weekend in a new league called the Alliance of American Football. And uh, so, Tony, did you get a chance to watch any football over the weekend? It's a funny story. I I, um, I was going to watch it on Saturday, and then for some reason I said, eh, I still want to mourn the, the uh, end of the NFL season, so I didn't watch. But I did watch some highlights, and I was kind of I was kind of impressed. I'm not going to lie, especially with the defense. I was impressed with the hitting and how people were excited about that. Imagine that. I mean, we're all talking about trying to make the game less violent, and and there were a lot of good hits, and it was I, for some reason it was really nice to see. You know, for me, Tony, one of the big things. It would be easy to go ahead and poo-poo this league 
and say that, you know, this is just a joke. But it really, to me, it's not. You have guys out there playing to get back into the league, playing for a second chance. We have a former Steeler that played that was pretty much, I don't know if they have players of the week, but uh, I was reading if you named a defensive player of the week, it was going to be Terrence Garvin. Um, yes. I believe he had two sacks. He had a lot of tackles. He was just he played for the Birmingham Iron, which uh, is almost fitting, and the, the uh, West Virginia product that uh, played for a good three or four years at inside linebacker and special teams for the Steelers. You know, one is going to open the eyes of all general managers across the league, but uh, the first team to open their eyes might be the team that he, that knows him well and that he played for. I mean, that could be a possibility when you're looking for inside linebackers. Um, so let's do an over-under here. And uh, we usually do factor fiction, but we're going to do an over-under here. I'm going to say, let's say 10 being the number. Ten players from the Alliance of American Football being making the uh, making rosters and making fifty three man rosters um, come September. Would you say that would be the over or the under? Ten being the the, the, the high number. Yeah. I'd say yeah, that's a, that's a very good very good possibility. I think especially uh, quarterback. I think that's one thing that I would like about this league. Is it gives backup potentially backup quarterbacks a chance to 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 develop because that's one thing backup quarterbacks don't get to do in the NFL is truly develop with live bullets during a game because they're all you know they only get to play in the preseason and they get to practice that's it other players get to even the backups get to play in games like linebacker running back you name it but quarterbacks never get to play and I think some some quarterbacks might be able to really open some eyes in the NFL this uh, off season. So yeah, I think, I think it's definitely a, a very good chance. I, I'm definitely going with the over. I was watching the game with the San Antonio commanders um, and the San Diego fleet. And I was really interested in a team like the uh, San Diego fleet just because one, I like your uniforms. I like San Diego, Mike Marks, who is the head coach just in, intrigues me completely and uh i tell you what san antonio had a very good quarterback logan woodside if i'm not mistaken why am i thinking maybe not the university of cincinnati that was the receiver that i wanted to talk about but logan woodside was very good but they have a receiver um mckay is his name and i uh, should have been a little bit more prepared with this guy's name but I'm telling you, he is a big guy. He is going to be on an NFL roster next year. And if you're looking for a large receiver with good hands, you know this is your guy. His name is Mikel, M-E-K-A-L-E, so Mikael McKay from the University of Cincinnati. The guy is 6'3", 206 pounds, and uh, – he was, he was pretty impressive. Now, Woodside is out of the University of Toledo. Um, had, I remember his name from the past couple of years um, as being a possibility. I think he played – he was drafted by the Bengals. That's why I had the uh, Cincinnati on my mind. But also, he was not supposed to be the uh, opening quarterback for them. The guy who was supposed to have the job was an name a guy by the name of Dustin Vaughn, a 6'5 uh, quarterback from West Texas A&M. Have you ever heard that name before? Wasn't he? I want to say he played for the Steelers in preseason, or, or, or am I thinking of somebody yes. else? Yes. yes. I I believe it was either in 16 or 17, he was the fourth quarterback brought in. And uh, they really liked him. They really liked what he was doing, but and he got a lot of kudos from the team. It was just the, the situation where he was the number four guy. Um, so uh, And he was just not getting a spot on the roster because I believe that might have been the same year that they, uh, they picked up uh, – oh, gosh, I'm blanking. Mettenberger. Uh, 
Um, I think they, 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 they could have been the year they, they picked up Mettenberger, who is in this league. Mettenberger's getting yeah. another another chance. Um, so, you know, as far as everything goes, these guys can play their way onto rosters. I love the fact, and this is not an AAF um, podcast. This is a Steeler podcast. But some some Steelers have had a really good go. Um, the one of their players that uh, was a late cut last year, and I had it written down, and I lost my notes here. But he here's a guy that uh, had an interception over the weekend, and I'm gonna have to pull up his name. But Demarcus Ayers is in this league. Former punter Brad Wing is in this league. So there's a lot of guys to look out for. There's a couple things that I like that they do. If you look at, I'm taking a look at San Antonio's roster right now. Um, if you just look at their roster, of course, they play in Texas. We've got a quarterback from West Texas A&M. We've got a guy from Houston, Texas Christian, Texas A&M, Texas San Antonio, Texas Christian, that's six. Nebraska, that's in that area, seven. Houston, eight. Texas A&M, Kingsville, nine. A&M 10, another TCU 11, Baylor, Southern Methodist, Baylor, that's 14 players on the offense alone. On the offense alone, 14 players from that region. If you go ahead and look at the Birmingham Iron, tons of Alabama, tons of Troy State, tons of Auburn. Um, That's what they're doing there. Atlanta, you've got the Georgia players, the Georgia Tech players, the guys around that area. San Diego, you have the California guys. Um, Salt Lake, you've got Midwest guys. Um, it goes on and on for the, the eight teams that are there. Orlando is a lot of your Florida guys, and Orlando is coached by Steve Spurrier. So big names in here, um, big chances for these guys. But here's what I love about it. And as a Steeler fans, you got to love the spectacle they made from the first game when director of player personnel, a man – named Heinz Ward. I've heard mm-hmm. of this guy before. Um, yes. I, I just can't place why I know that name, but it's a pretty big name. And then there's another guy named... Uh, Dancing with the Stars. Had... What's that? He, yeah, he won he Dancing with the Stars, Stars one year. That's what that's what it was, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, he wore the number 86 in Pittsburgh. Somebody told me that. Now, another guy that wore the exact cap of his uniform... The number 43 was this guy, uh, this long-haired fella that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was villager number two in the movie Moana. His name was Troy <laughs> Palomalu, I believe. Um, and so uh, not to uh, be mistaken with the uh, the former son-in-law of Jimmy Snuka, ah, Superfly Stuka, which was Brandon Palomalu. I mean, maybe they're related. I don't know. Uh, they are both from Oregon, so it, it, it could be. But uh, with that being said, no, Troy and Hines are involved in it. Um, Charlie Ebersol, Ebersol, son of Dick Ebersol, is involved with this uh, outfit. And, you know, Dick, of course, famous for uh, being the chairman of NBC Sports. He was the one who brought us who brought us the, uh, the XFL years ago with Vince McMahon, and that is coming back. It's going to be a lot more serious. This could be a great feeder for the NFL. But what they're doing with the roles, to me, is fantastic. Now, look, they, don't, they can't lose by experimenting here. And it's, it's something that the, the NFL could go ahead and pick up. Tony, I, I'm sure you know some of the roles. Or do you know of any off the top of your head? Yeah, uh, I find most intriguing, and 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 I don't think they could ever do this in the NFL. Is is well, first of all, there's no kickoffs and there's no extra points, but uh, I guess they're gonna try a they're gonna go have like a fourth and twelve from the twenty-eight in lieu of a an onside kick, which I think is pretty yeah. intriguing. But then again, it's also I think the percentages are, are too in favor of the the team going for fourth and twelve. I think that's because honestly, I kick such a such a low percentage. I think you're really putting the the uh, the, the team at the head at a, at a real disadvantage. But I, I do find that that real intriguing. I like that a lot, and I think it's kind of funny. That, I like fourth and eighteen better. Fourth and eighteen, or maybe even fourth think, and longer. Yeah. But yeah, 
I, I, I do like that. I do like that. I think that's uh, pretty neat. Uh, so that that's a great role. There's another. There's a ninth official called the uh, Sky Judge, and that's great. And you could you could overturn an egregious penalty. So you could overturn a pass interference, um, or call a pass. They can even call a pass interference that isn't called, which uh, as we saw with the Steelers this year, as we um, especially in New Orleans, as we saw yeah. with. Uh, with the New Orleans Saints uh, completely, who I feel got robbed out of the Super Bowl. Um, I think we all got robbed. I I really, I don't think Drew Brees is going to melt in that moment against uh, a, a team like uh, Los Angeles and Jared Goff. Um, uh, those guys, you know, I think they Sean Payton and uh, Drew Brees would have really trumped what we got with Goff and and McVay, and I'm not saying that they're terrible. They'll, they're going to have plenty of opportunities. They're going to be back again, but I, I still think that moment was too big for them, and we agreed on that last week. Um, yes. Here's the big thing that I love. So the biggest thing to come out of this weekend, something that the NFL, if they don't adopt this, they're going to be crazy. And CBS is the one who really did it. It really wasn't the league that did it. So when they were throwing the red flag or whatever they do in this league, and they're looking at overturning a call, Tony, what they did, they mic'd the judge in the box, the replay official. They mic'd them up. And the first one was a woman, and the one I saw was a guy in the, in, in the second game. But this was the first game, I believe it was Orlando and Atlanta. And she's up there, and she's like, okay, the ball didn't touch the ground there. Um, looks like he had possession. At first, I didn't think this was going to be, but now I'm going to go ahead, and uh, I'm not going to overturn this. And then I'm watching one, the opposite, where they're like, okay, there you can see it right there. Let me look here. Okay, yeah, this is definitely it. So I'm going to go ahead and overturn this call. And it, it, I'm watching, and I'm like, wow, that is great. I mean, that was a part of CBS, and it's not like where Fox brings in Mike Pereira and uh, a former official guy goes, I would do this. And then how many yeah. times do we watch that, Tony, and what happened? They do the opposite. Exactly. Yeah, I like so that. That's a pretty neat concept. The mix of, yeah. You see the person making the decisions make the decision. And yeah. if you don't agree with it, at least you know what they're looking at and what they're seeing. Instead of list having Tony Romo gas, instead of having anybody gas, you know, I mean, we see, especially in Steeler games, man, we watch Steeler games, and they're going, oh, this is definitely going to go to the Steelers' favor. It's never done. And you're like, right, what's right. going on here? Yeah. But um, I know we spend a lot of time on the, the AAF. We can't live on Penguins alone right now. If we love, if you love football, you want to watch it. There's gonna be names you recognize. There's names that you're going to know in the future. You don't know them now, but you will know these names. And if we've learned anything from the XFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers made a at the time just a ha. Huh, check that out. They made a signing and in 2001. The XFL MVP one Thomas Maddox, and that guy gave us uh, some good years. And just, I, you know, they didn't go to the Super Bowl. They lost in the playoffs in 2002. But that was one of my favorite Steeler years because it was an exciting year watching, watching Tommy Gunn give us what we hadn't seen in years. Would you agree with that? Fact or fiction, Tommy Maddox really gave us a spectacular, although a non-winning season, just a fantastic show in 2002. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, that was fact. That was that, that season was headed headed down the tubes pretty fast. Zero and two, and then uh, Bill Cowher inserted him in the uh, third game against Cleveland, and they won in overtime. And then next thing you know, it's. Uh, uh, it's 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 nothing but passes the rest of the year and and um, that great win against the Browns in the wild card game it, it was a, a excellent season I loved that season I I just watched that game on uh, YouTube the Browns game not that long ago it, it's just a uh, yeah one of my favorite seasons I agree with you fact I did a throwback Thursday on that last year and it was so fun because when I did those throwback Thursdays I would watch every single one of those games. Um, just uh, just fantastic. And I'm going to give a plug out there for com. If you ever oh, look at that, tight. almost any game. That's I watched every single game before I wrote about it. And it was like jumping in a time machine. And that's one of the games I watched. Um, and I even watched the uh, a couple from the Tommy Maddox season. Um, I watched the one when Cordell struggled so bad and got benched in week three and they were like two minutes left. They were down by two scores and here comes Tommy Maddox and they win the game. And that was the beginning of the era. Um, so uh, whoever runs McMillan and Weiss, I want to just say thank you. I think you're fantastic. Keep doing what Great you do. I don't know how you do what you do, but, <laughs> but for a Steeler fan to just go back in time and, and lose two hours, um, you know, cause they're cutting out most of the commercials. Um, the Denver game in 1984, the playoff oh, yes. game, December 30th, 1984, another one of my favorites. I just sat there, and it, it was just amazing to watch. And you'll even notice things you don't remember. Gary Anderson missed two kicks in that game. But when it came down to it, I mean, it, it was it – was, uh, that was his all-pro year. But uh, they were fine in that game, but it was so fun. That stuff is so fun for me. Um, you know, I invite you to watch that. So hats off to you guys are at McMillan and White for MVPs to me. And I love what you do. Um, with that being said, a question I was going to ask you, and it, it seems like this show, we kind of, it's the off season. So it's fun to get off course and we can, we are going to talk about the uh, 2019 Steelers. But we just talked about that 2002 team with Tommy Maddox. Name some other seasons that they didn't win the Super Bowl that you just loved, that, that they, there's just a special place in your heart for. I'm going to jump in with one. I just alluded to it. 1984 is one of my favorite all-time seasons, especially one of my favorite years because I love the music. I was 12. And remember the movie Stand By Me? That movie came out a year later. But they said, you never forget your 12-year-old summer. And I'll never forget my 12-year-old summer. That was my coming of age, it, it felt. And so, but I remember 1984 started out in July or August with Franco Who. And, uh, mm-hmm, that's right, yeah. And the entire the season entire, started off with David Woodley at quarterback. And uh, it ended with uh, the resurgence of uh, John Stallworth. You had Louis Lips come into play. As a rookie, Mark Malone has came in and won some games for that team. Um, that was just a very special year for me. I so, so I love that season. And also, I'll never forget. And I did I did a throwback Thursday on this one. I'll never forget where I was. I wasn't watching the fifth game of the World Series with uh, with the Tigers and the Padres. I was watching the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the undefeated San Francisco 49ers, who ended up that year 15-1 um, and one, and then then another three more to go 18-1 and, and, and win the whole shebang. Um, so lots of great memories from that. Um, give me a season like that, that that you just will never forget, one that did not end with a Lombardi. It's funny you said '84. '84 was a, a big one for me. I remember that too. We were the same age, and that was a that was a great year. Yeah, we, we are. Was one of my idols. Hmm? 
Yeah, and, and I still can't believe to this day that they beat the Broncos. I mean, that was just amazing. And but but if I had to pick one year that didn't end in Lombardi, it would have to be 1995. I, I just to me it was a dream come true that they finally got over the hump and made it to the Super Bowl. They didn't win, obviously. Everybody they mourned everybody mourns that loss to the Cowboys. O'Donnell's two interceptions and everything, but. The fact that they rebounded from a three and four start after the way the previous year ended in the AFC Championship game, that loss to the Chargers was ex- excruciating. But the fact that they, they came back, you know, Cordell was a fan favorite at that time. He's a rookie, and you know, he was flash and everything, and and uh, that they made it that far. And 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 you know, as a little kid growing up in the '80s, watching all those NFL films highlights of the Steelers of the '70s, I always thought. Am I ever going to see it? Am I ever going to see it? And I'm a big Pirates fan, and they came so close to making a World Series in the early 90s, and they lost year after year after year in the playoffs. And I just thought, I'm never going to see it. I'm never going to see it. And then, you know, that AFC Championship game against the Colts uh, at Three River Stadium and, and, and the Hail Mary by, by uh, Jim Harbaugh that, you know, when I think Phil Simms said he caught it, you know, at the, at the end, and I thought, oh, my God, here we go again, another heartbreaker. And then, you know, it was – you know, they said incomplete. That was just those two weeks leading up to that game in, in Phoenix, Super Bowl 30. It was like, I, I just, it's like one of the best times in my life, just anticipating that game and watching that game up until that second interception by O'Donnell uh, in the fourth quarter. It's, it's one of my favorite times as a sports fan. So if I had to pick one, it would be that year, 1995. It was just a great year and it's just magical. It's to me, uh, I'll, I'll never forget it as long as I live. That's one of my favorite NFL highlights of Super Bowls. Even though they lost that game, I love watching. I love watching Bill Cower in that because yeah. it's uh, he has a couple funny lines in it. He has some poignant, beautiful lines. I uh, look at the the beautiful line at the end when, when the late cake hour, may she rest in peace comes down and says that Bill will see in the locker room and he's with his daughter. And, uh, she whispers something to him. He whispers something to her. And then he, then you hear him say, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose holding back. Yes. And then, yeah. And there's, and then someone yells down to, to him something like, we love you, Bill. And then he just fist yep. bumps and walks. I mean, not fist bumps, but uh, air fist and runs in the locker room. And you're just like, that's my dude right there. You're just mm-hmm. loving it. But um, there's, there's some fun. I'll never forget um, between quarters, they're playing an Eagle song, Get Over It. And I, re- I just remember that. <laughs> yeah, highlights. yeah, I remember but, that. Yeah. You remember that? So, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, he's uh, he's doing that squat on the sidelines, too. And, and But he, he does something great. You, you hear him go, Chan, Chan. Because Chan was the uh, – he wasn't the special teams guy, but he was the offense coordinator at the time. Or he might have been either wide receivers coach. He wasn't offensive coordinator because that was Ron Earhart. Um, yeah, he was he the was, factor uh, at that time. Yeah, so he was still wide receiver coach, but he, I guess he was calling plays. You hear him go, Chan, right. Chan. Surprise on side? Okay, mm-hmm. surprise on side, surprise on side. And they go do it. And when Norm Johnson hits that ball, perfect. And then. He goes over to the uh, – I don't know whether it's the side judge or the referee or something. He goes, great call, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes, hey, yeah. great call, coach. Yeah, that was a great call, wasn't it? <laughs> You're like, no, oh, I love you, man. That, oh, that was crazy. awesome. That, that was I, awesome. I can watch that over and over. I turn it off when they do the uh, – uh, when uh, Jerry Jones and Barry Switzer does the we did it chant. I, I, right. like I turn that down. But I just, I actually, <laughs> that Super Bowl has a place in my heart. And a lot of people think I'm crazy. And I'm the guy that gets mad when anybody says that Neil O'Donnell threw, threw that game. Um, you don't throw a Super Bowl. You don't. Um, you make so much more money in endorsements. You make so much. You, there's no way. First of all, Corey, I, I agree. Corey Holiday ran the wrong route. Um, maybe, maybe that game was too big for him, but it wasn't Jared Goff too big for him. Um, all I know is that that guy, that guy, technically the third best quarterback in Steeler history right now. Yeah. Um, 
and, and look it up. I mean, he was actually he was very good for that team. Um, but I digress. Let's talk about Tony. Let's talk about the 2019 Pittsburgh Steelers. And you and I, we've been doing this for a while. I've been doing podcasts with Jeff now, Jeff and Dave Schofield. Um, we we've been doing it for a while. Um, and in fact, or fiction was Zach Parnes a couple of years ago. Um, and there's one thing that's universal that we've always talked about, especially in the Ben Roethlisberger era. It's the closing window. We talk about that all the time, don't we, John? For, it seems like for the last five or six years we've been talking about that, about how the window's closing, he has only a couple years left, and we've been talking about that for, it seems like forever, yeah. But it might be, you know, it might it might be true this year. And we, when it, well, I get that's what. Go ahead. That's what I want to ask you. You know, I feel like with uh, Le'Veon Bell going, but the possibility of uh, James Conner and adding another back there, whether it be uh, Jalen Samuels uh, in a two-back type offense, because um, we saw it before in the season that we just talked about ad nauseum, the 1995 season. Who did we lose after the 1994 season? Who did we lose? Oh my gosh, uh, I can't remember. You talking about on, on offense? Yeah. Uh, lost the oh yeah, Barry Foster. Barry Foster. Yeah, yeah. number Barry twenty. Foster. The guy who, who. You know, we're going with Eric Pegram. I mean, a capable back had an All Pro season. Um, ben Morris, a second year back. Um, never going to be a superstar, but but still special enough. As a platoon, they had they didn't have over a thousand yards um, on their own, but combined they were a pretty darn good back. And this was a conversation we had the other night on the Steeler preview with uh, Jeff, Dave, and I. And they're like, you know, is t- would tight end be- signing be a, a need or a luxury? And Jeff was at first thinking it would be a need. I'm like, Jeff, guys, think about this. You combine Jesse James and, with Vance McDonald, and you have a Travis Kelsey-type player. 80 receptions and 1,019, 1,020 yards. Yeah. And that's, exactly, and that's exactly what they had when they combined those two running backs in, in 1995. So I thought that was – I thought the loss of Le'Veon Bell could be countered. Um, now you make it, it looks like the loss of Le'Veon Bell and it looks like the possibility of the loss of uh, Antonio Brown because we never know which way the wind's blowing in that, but uh, the accusations of the uh, police report with a shove is serious. And uh, yeah. that... Uh, that, that could change the wins in, in a few ways. I mean, maybe it changes the wins back to the Steelers. But do the Steelers even want him at that point? So, um, will other teams want him? You just don't know what's going to happen at this point. He's going to play football again. I'm not so sure if uh, – I don't even know if Le'Veon Bell plays again at this point. Um, and I know that's a bold statement, but the reason I'm saying that is because if they transition tag him, which they could, he might just up and retire. Because what he did not bank on, and I don't think any of us really, really banked on, we could say, oh, yeah, I knew this was going to happen, but come on, we didn't. Because we weren't talking about this in October and November when we were talking about Bell all the time. The fact that, I mean, we knew it was a possibility, but instead of 14-5, because he didn't play, he could be really worth $9.5, million right now. He could have cost himself so much money that he just says, okay, it's not – I mean, <clears throat> he takes his pride and his ball and goes home. That's, yeah. that's really what can happen. So, with that being said, you know what? Let's have fun with this one. Tony, fact or fiction, Le'Veon Bell never plays football again in the National Football League, fact or fiction. I'm going to say fiction because I think it, it just takes one team, as we as we, we we've said many times, it takes one team to just uh, to fork up some cash. Uh, but 
if, if, if he thinks he's going to get Todd Gurley money at this point, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen because Todd Gurley might not even see the end of his contract, you know, after what happened uh, in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl with uh, C.J. Anderson coming off the street and, and in many cases being his, his uh, you know, being the starter for the, for the Rams. So, you know, I think, you know, he, he will play football again. But it 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 might be he have, he might have to swallow some pride and uh, take a little bit less than he thought he was worth. He might not be able to get 15 million a year. I I, I definitely think that's def, that's definitely a possibility. He'll have to settle for less than that. Did Todd Gurley screw things up for Le'Veon Bell, or did he make him better? I'm not going to make this a fact fiction. I don't know. I I've been wrestling with this one. Um. Did Todd Gurley's performance hurt the uh, the running back, the future running back position in the Super Bowl? And with that being said, did he hurt Le'Veon Bell's position? I I think it absolutely hurt him because, and and not really Todd Gurley, a C.J. Anderson, C.J. Anderson coming off again off the street, you know, off his couch and and coming in and and, and and, and playing really well postseason, I think that that and, and if you you know you, you factor in with other running backs, you know like even like a Jalen Samuels or you know uh, what, what they've been able to do, it, it's it's more about the offensive line I think, but running backs and it's about the actual running backs. And I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Bell. He, he's obviously a great talent, but when so many other running backs prove that they can be replaced. You know, you saw it with the Chiefs after Kareem Hunt was cut; they were able to, to carry on. So, I think I think Todd Gurley definitely hurt Le'Veon Bell uh, down the stretch for sure. Yeah, I I really think uh, he hurt a lot of people um, as far as running backs go. Um, he set that position back because we were already talking about how that position is not as important as it once was back in the Franco days, back in the Barry Sander days, back in, I mean, the Barry Foster days, you know, they, those guys, they carry the mail and, and now it's, uh, you don't set up with a run as much as you did. I mean, it's still an important position. They're all important positions, but I think you and I had this discussion back about five, six months ago in season when we were, we probably ranked, I think we ranked running back on the offense, just on the offensive side of the ball as number four when we said quarterback, wide receiver, offensive lineman. Um, I believe, if I recall that conversation, do you recall that conversation? Oh, yeah, we talked about Bill a lot. Yeah, you know, I think we, we definitely, I mean, you know, it's like some – some executive, uh, some NFL executive was uh, quoted anonymously in the, in, on on Twitter, and he said, "You pay the quarterback, you pay the receiver, you pay the guy that, that covers the receiver, you pay the left tackle, and then maybe you pay the running back." And he he he. In other words, he's really far down the list. You know, it's not that they're not important. It's just that you can find guys that can that can do the job. You know, a lot lower than. You could years ago when you had to draft a guy in the top five or the top ten, you know, you know, like a Barry or a Barry Sanders in, in 1989, he was like the second or third guy picked in the draft. You're not going to see that anymore, you know, most likely. So, yeah, I think definitely uh, a, a running back is not as uh, – the premium on a running back isn't as high as it was even ten years ago in the NFL for sure. You know what, I'm probably not supposed to do this, uh, but we're a podcast and we're not a radio station, so I have no problem, uh, you know, giving credit to another uh, another show, another uh, a group of uh, of guys here. Um, I enjoy Colin Dunlap and Chris Mack and the uh, and Jim Colony on 93.7. Oh yeah, me too. Um, in the morning. I, I listen to those guys a lot, and they were talking this morning. Um, and I, I stole that bell question from you because Colin was basically saying that uh, 
he doesn't really think he's going to play again um, because he's not going to want the money, and he thinks he's done. He thinks with all the weight he gained that he will and all the time off because the guy has not played a down of football since January of 2018, early January of 2018. So um, I was thinking about that. So I wanted to get your perspective on that. So let's factor fiction in this. Le'Veon Bell will never have the same success that he had before he held out. Factor fiction. Well, I think that's a fact because, first of all, like like I just said, it, you know, with running back, it's about the offensive line, I think, and and his running style is so it's so unique that you know he's going to need uh, an offensive line that that he has great chemistry with, and obviously the Steelers' offensive line uh, knows his you know his style very well. At least they did, and and you know it's going to be hard to, to go to another team and 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 have that kind of style and and be successful. Plus, you know he's he's what 27. He'll be 27 in a couple of days. So. That's pretty old for a running back. I don't care if you hold out for a year or not. It's hard to to get your legs back after uh, after after being off. You know, when you when you're in your late twenties as a running back, so he might get the money he wants. But as far as the, the success, no, I don't. I don't think he's going to ever have the kind of uh, production he had between what 2014 and 2016 when he was just absolutely incredible. He, he's never going to do that again. There's just absolutely no way. Well, here's one team that is definitely not going to give him the money he wants, that they're uh, completely off the table now. It's the Cleveland Browns signing Kareem Hunt today, which kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. Um, I thought it was a huge surprise. Um, In fact, I even saw it on the Internet being listed as a great shocker um, that they went out and picked him up. Does this, Tony, does this help? close the window even more on the Steelers. And does this turn the Browns into a favorite now? I have have to say yes. I mean, I was shocked. I was as shocked as anybody else because, first of all, they had Nick Chubb. They have Carlos Hyde. You wouldn't think they would need – Yeah. You wouldn't think they would need a a, – Well, I'm not sure about that, but I know Nick Chubb's a rookie. Yeah, he's in Jacksonville. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, okay, but what's that? He still Duke Johnson. Yeah, and he's he's a good talent. So, but still, I mean, Kareem Hunt's pretty unique. So, does it does it uh, uh, make uh, the Steelers window? uh, Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, I think it all it all depends on Baker Mayfield. Regardless who the running back is in Cleveland, you definitely you know it's all about the quarterback and. So, as of right now, Big Ben is still the best quarterback in the AFC North. So, it all depends on on how well Baker Mayfield makes the jump from the first to the second year, and that's always, you know, very important in the NFL, you know, the first, second-year jump. So, that's the more important thing is Baker Mayfield. But it definitely, it definitely doesn't help. I know that. Having a talent like Kareem Hunt that you have to deal with twice a year, that certainly doesn't doesn't uh, uh, help the Steelers' cause for 2019. I'll definitely say that. I agree with you on that. I think uh, things are going to be very interesting now. There's talk that the uh, the Baltimore Ravens might be interested in bringing in a guy like uh, Le'Veon Bell, which a lot of people from Baltimore are actually saying no. Uh, you know, we do, don't do that. Um, but they're actually seeing the writing on the wall. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, we just mentioned a guy like Duke Johnson Jr. And I got to tell you, I think he's expendable now for the Browns. He would be a perfect pickup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. One, he's a class act. Um, I thought he was just a class act with the whole Ryan Shazier thing. The way he oh, absolutely. would, uh, yeah. uh, the way he would salute him and uh, support him. But I, I just think that he's the kind of player um with his receiving skills, with his running skills, that would complement. We just talked about Pegram and Morris. Um, I think a Duke Johnson, James Conner combo could actually be pretty dangerous. And if they're coached right, 
which, you know, you have the right offensive coaches there, I think that can be very potent. So I would actually think that that is something that would be more likely than not to happen. So I, I'll actually uh, – it, it's funny. We, uh, you know, I play, I play trivia. And on a team, I just came. I just came from a trivia game just uh, that just ended about an hour ago. And one of the things we do, we we joke, we call something a hot pocket. When we hear the when we hear the category, you try to guess what the answer is going to be based on the, the category. And every once in a while, something comes to you, and it's called a hot pocket because we once did that with the answer was hot pocket. So we kind of do it. So I'm in a hot pocket. Duke Johnson Jr. to be a Pittsburgh Steeler this year, even though he still belongs to the Cleveland Browns, I think that's going to happen. But with all this being said, Tony, everything we've discussed here, with the fact that uh, and, and we didn't go to do too much with uh, Antonio Brown this week. We don't need to. Um, right. Because everything with Antonio Brown just depends on his mood at the time that he opens his mouth. Um, <laughs> really as that, I mean, I've seen seesaws left back and forth than Antonio Brown. Um, but with that being said, I just don't think uh, – I think this is the end of the road. I think that window goes shut. So I'm going to ask you, can that window be reopened, or has it just been slammed shut because of these personal, personnel moves that were forced upon this team? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, no, I don't think it's shut yet. Not, not as long as you have Big Ben. I think that's the one thing that people you can take, take solace in. As long as you have the quarterback, you always have a chance. I think that's one thing people have to remember is, you know, you have a, a, a great offensive line still there. You don't have the coach anymore, but you have the line, and you have the quarterback. And I think if you have those two ent- entities, you, first of all, you're, not, you're, you're still going to have a running game because – they proved last year they can they can do the job with James Conner, with uh, Jalen Samuels. Now, you know, are you going to be able to do it without Antonio Brown? Or, you know, well, you have Juju now. So he's at least going to be a pretty good number one receiver. Can he be a great number one receiver? I guess we'll find out. You know, let's remember, he did win a Super Bowl with Antoine Randall-L and, 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 and Hines Ward, who was obviously a great receiver, and Cedric Wilson. So, I mean, you know, you don't need necessarily an Antonio Brown to win a Super Bowl. So, you know, I think, you know, it it it, 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 it doesn't help everything, you know, that's has gone on with A.B. and with, with, you know, Le'Veon Bell leaving. But as long as you have Big Ben, you have a chance. That's one thing that the one ingredient you need in the NFL to win a Super Bowl is a quarterback of his stature. And they still have that. And he's still relatively young. So... Yeah, I don't think it's closed, but it, it you know it, it's not great. But I think there's still hope. Let me ask you this: fact or fiction? Do you, Tony, thanks to heaven that I do not hang out with him personally because I always put him on the spot. Is that fact or fiction? <laughs> I like being put on the spot. I'm, I'm going to say uh, 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 fiction. Good, because I've got a new game. We're going to call it Tony on the Spot. And what we're going to do, I just thought about this while while, uh, you were talking right there. Um, So what this team needs, we're going to go, not every position, but I'm going to ask you to give me one of three answers. Draft, free agency, or no need at all. So we're just going to – I'm going to – I think they're. Um, I'm going to say no need at all. I, I I like Josh Dobbs. You know, I think when when you have a big Ben, it's kind of hard to uh, to replace him anyway. So I'm going to say no need at all. 
Okay, very nice. Second, uh, a compliment running back to James Conner. I'm going to go with draft. I think I think those guys are always pretty uh, prevalent in the draft. Like we we just talked about how you know they're not as valuable as they used to be, but you can still find really good guys in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. I think that's been proven throughout recent history. So I'm going to go with draft. A number one receiver. Mm, number one receiver. Okay, well. Those guys are – you're not going to get those guys in free agency because they're going to be uh, franchise player, uh, franchise tags. So I'm going to go with draft, and, and they're really good at, at finding those kind of guys. Obviously, Juju, Antonio, the list goes on. So I'm going to go with draft. A number two receiver. A number two receiver. Well, you could, well, you could probably find those guys in the draft too because – they they they're very good at finding receivers. So I'm going to go uh, with draft again. I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think a a good number two receiver like a uh, a Tyrell Williams from the Chargers or a Dontrell Inman who was playing with the Colts and did very well as number twos who are free agents. They're not top tier free agents, but they would be very solid number twos and and take some pressure off of Juju. I would look at a guy like that. Um, okay. Let's go ahead with um, – we're going to stay with receivers here. A tall okay. receiver. A tall receiver. A tall receiver. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who's available. Um, I guess you have to go with the draft because I, I don't really know who, who the tall receivers are. They're available in free agency, so I, I would go with uh, draft. Okay, let this go. I mean, they definitely need one, I think. A tight end. A tight end? I think there's no need. I, I like Jesse James. You mentioned it before. That, that combined, it's a really good tandem. I like Vance McDonald a lot, and I like Jesse James a lot. So I'm going to say no need. I agree with you on that. They just have to resign Jesse James, and I don't think that will be hard. Um, yeah, not, yeah I me either. This is like. This is a union that wants to stay together on both sides of the ball. Um, offensive line. Hmm. Well, uh, Ramon is probably going to be gone, uh, but they have they have a a, 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 a great uh, a backup, and he's going to step right in and be the starter. So I'm going to say no need. Yeah, but he's not going to he's not going to be. Yeah, he's not going to command much, though. I don't think so. I, I think they're going to be able to. Uh, uh, retain his services for sure. Okay. And Foster is is another uh, free agent that would need to retain also if they decide to do that. Um, right. We go to the defensive side of the ball. And we're we're not going to go we're not going to go every position here. Um, but let's go ahead to inside linebacker, and we know there's a need there, so. I'm only giving you two choices here because we know no need is not on the on the books here. Well, I read your article about cornerbacks, and I think cornerbacks are definitely more plentiful in free agency. So I'm going to say, just from what I've read about the the, the, the scarcity of inside linebacker, I'm going to go with a draft. You probably have to draft somebody at that position. You'd be surprised. Wednesday is my inside linebacker market draft, and um, I thought the uh, the quarterbacks were pretty weak. Inside linebackers, uh, you know, there's two very good two very good uh, restricted free agents that you'd have to give up a, a pick for. Um, if you watched the Super Bowl, I know you did. You just did a fantastic article on defense in that Super Bowl. Um, Tory Littleton of the Rams in the playoffs alone was just fantastic. He's yeah. a restricted free agent, and he's a guy that, that could really make a splash as far as I'm concerned. Um, some people are poo-pooing this, but if you can get a guy like C.J. Mosley, but uh, yeah. he's not a restricted free agent. He, and, uh, boy, the, the Ravens, all of their linebackers are – it seems like every one of their linebackers are uh, could go. And I can't pronounce his name, Patrick – 
on Wusor or on Wusor, but he was he was pretty much one of their best defensive players last year. He's another inside linebacker. He's a restricted free agent. He's uh he's something that I think a lot of players would go a, lot, a guy a lot of people would think about. Um, and then with that being said, there's a uh, even though this guy's an outside linebacker, T. Sizzle's um, contract is up as well. So lots of free agents um, for the Baltimore Ravens. So, uh, but you're still saying draft, correct? Yeah, I think I think that's you know judging by what they normally do. I, I think it'd be easier for them to find a, a a good number two cornerback in in free agency than it would be to find a, a like a top flight guy like a C.J. Mosley who. It would be the same age relatively as a, a Shazier. I think they were drafted the same year, so he's probably going to want two, two rounds, top, top no, dollar, two, rounds, two yeah. picks apart. Yeah, uh, so fifteen and I seventeen. Think, and yeah, so I think it'd be, it'd be easier to the, find a. I believe the offensive lineman, one of the offensive linemen, um, for the uh, Cowboys, um, was it Taylor? Um, I'm not sure, but. Uh, one of the Cowboys' offensive linemen went in between. In fact, the Cowboys mm-hmm. were really wanting Shazier, actually, and would have taken them. So, um, taking him at that point, and they, but they didn't go mostly, and they went offensive linemen for like the third year in a row, I think, in that draft. Um, you've already answered quarterback. You think uh, they can, they can answer the question for quarterback in the free agency. So it sounds like you want their number one pick to be an inside linebacker. One more. Safety. Okay. Safety. Hmm, that's, a, that's interesting because obviously Sean Davis is the free safety and uh, Morgan Rilla has asked to be let out of his contract. Um, and if he is, what do you do with Terrell Edmonds? I mean, he's your number one pick from 2018. Do you just throw him right in there, or do you, or do you, uh, do you trust him to be a starter in the second year? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say uh, you could probably find a guy in in the uh, early in the draft. Maybe you get somebody in the third or fourth round. I'm going to go with uh, draft. So I tell you what, um, I'm going to go against you on that one, and the only reason I'm going to go against you on that one, wow. All I can say is, wow, the top five or six options at safety in uh, in free agency, actually really, really good. Um, of course, Earl Thomas, I don't expect him to go there. But uh, no. some really, some really, really, I don't want to call dude sexy, but some really, really sexy <laughs> options here for teams when, when you're taking a look. At, uh, just let me give you the top five. Landon Collins, love him. Uh, I love him too. Yeah. Honey Badger, Honey Badger is there. Adrian Amos is there. Taha Clinton Dix is there, and uh, that's just the that's just the top five. Landon Collins, I would take in a heartbeat. Um, I don't know if uh, the Giants are going to offer him a big player. deal, but yeah. But safety right now, wow. I mean, the guys are out there. Number one last year was Landon, uh, not Landon Collins, Morgan Burnett. Uh, he was my number one ranked one. I had no clue he'd be coming to Pittsburgh, but he did. So yeah. let's get back to it. Once again, you're saying that the window is not closed in Pittsburgh, and there's plenty of uh, there's. It sounds like you have plenty of ways to re reopen it. Correct. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, if you have the quarterback, I mean, anything anything's possible. And I think Ben showed last year that he's not done yet. I mean, he still has he still has uh, you know a lot left. I mean, obviously, he's not gonna he might not have Antonio Brown, which might cramp his style. But he's you know you know he's still he's gonna have uh, you know his talent is still gonna be there. So yeah, I think I think as long as you have him, you have a chance. So, no, I don't think it's closed yet. Well, very well. Tony, thanks as always. We appreciate your contributions here to The Hangover. Oh, thank you. It was actually a really fun show. I had a good time. Uh, uh, it was fun talking to you, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. You know, this show, we call it The Hangover, but this feels like two buddies hanging out in a bar to The Hangover. So I really enjoy it as well. 
Uh, four behind the steel curtain for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers news, needs, everything you want. It is there. Ten articles debuting every single day. It's fantastic. Also, the uh, the mental styling of my good friend, Anthony Depio as well. And I throw in nonsense every once in a while, too. Um, with that being Great said, stuff. for Tony Depio, <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it. I have my own weird style that uh, doesn't play everywhere, but at least Tony's a fan, and I appreciate that. So, <laughs> with with that being said, for Tony Deppio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from Behind the Stone Curtain. That's both of us. You, our friends, have just been hung over. Good night. At GCU, earning your MBA degree online comes with the college experience. To advance your career in business, it takes support from those around you. Our online class size averages less than 25 students with highly skilled faculty. GCU's Colangelo College of Business offers online MBA programs in real-world emphasis, including accounting, leadership, marketing, sports business, and more. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu MBA. Information about graduation rates and median death from students completing the program is available at gcu.edu disclosures.